when we pray, we we get to see God prove himself and 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 answer our prayers. And when I say God prove himself, I mean, we get to see God actually work the miracle that we know that he wants to do, the power to save those who put their trust in him. And, and that can only be done by God. Welcome to the Decision Point Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hobson, president of Decision Point, where our mission is to proclaim the gospel to the next generation till every student has heard. Well, last week we looked at living for God and his purposes. Uh, We looked at a couple of guys who lived a few hundred years ago who were so focused on God's purposes to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ that they set sail from Europe all the way to the West Indies, fully prepared to live as slaves to reach slaves with the hope of Jesus Christ. And if you you missed that episode or you haven't had a chance to listen to it, be sure you listen. I believe it'll be a real encouragement to you in your life as a leader for Christ today. Well, hey, maybe we all can't just pack up and move to the West Indies today. Uh, maybe we got to graduate, you know, middle school or high school uh, first, you know, before we could move around the world to be a missionary for Jesus. Uh, so how can we be people that are that focused on God's purposes and practically live that out, bringing the hope of Jesus, bringing the hope of the gospel to those around us right where we are today? Well, this week we're joined by Barnaby Lee, our San Francisco Bay Area director, who's going to be sharing with us stories of how God is at work through courageous students who are getting after it for the Lord, being faithful to bring the gospel to those around us. So let's get into it today. Hey, I'm joined today by Barnaby Lee. Barnaby, welcome to the program. Hey, Mark. Good to be here. We're so excited that you're joining us today as we're talking today about witnessing for Christ. And actually, not just witnessing for Christ tomorrow or for the rest of our lives, but witnessing for Christ today. Barnaby, at Decision Point, we talk a lot about why we should witness for Christ, because we think we got to start with why before we talk about how or, and all that. Um, but as we think about why we should witness for Christ, I mean, what sticks out to you and why do you feel so compelled to personally witness for Christ today? I think what sticks out to me is that, I mean, the biggest thing is that that's just biblical Christianity, right? I think we've kind of, many of us in the U S and other parts of the world have kind of bought into this idea that we need to figure out creative ways to advance the kingdom of God and not do what has worked for centuries and millennia <laughs> right. and the the way the church has advanced and the way that people have come to faith and salvation and in Jesus Christ has primarily been through uh word of mouth evangelism people hearing the gospel from another person engaging them in a conversation calling them to repent of their sins and put their trust in Jesus Christ as savior and lord i mean jesus himself says in acts 1 8 you will be my witnesses right it, it wasn't a it wasn't a choice it was a it was an identity he was giving us to be witnesses to be messengers to be testifiers of the truth of the cross and um yeah i mean no amount of good works is going to do it like no one's going to look at a christian's life and say wow you you have such a wonderful family you have such a wonderful marriage your lawn is manicured and you drive a nice car. Therefore, I better start asking you questions about who Jesus is. I mean, let's not forget, Jesus was the best guy ever, literally. And uh, he still made it his mission to not only heal and 
and preach, uh, teach good things, but to proclaim the kingdom of God. Like in Luke 4, 43, he says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. You know, Jesus wasn't just sent to be the sinless lamb of God. He was sent to be a proclaimer, and uh, we are called into the same mission of Jesus Christ and witnessing works. You know, I'm 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 a Christian and anyone listening today that that's a Christian, you're a Christian because probably multiple people, maybe even over a hundred people at various times spoke to you uh, the truth of the gospel. And even though I grew up in a Christian home, uh, when I came to faith in Christ, a big part of that was the Christian roommate I was living in who wouldn't leave me alone and continued to preach the gospel to me uh, even though I've rejected him so many times. So witnessing works, we're called to do it. It's, it's just what biblical Christianity is. And I think that, um, sadly, the church has forgotten this in, in, in a lot of ways. I know I'm not, I'm not judging everyone here, but I'm saying that, you know, the culture of Christianity that uh, many of us are familiar with is a, is a silent Christianity, which just, it's not coherent with what we see in the Bible. Right. Well, I love that you share that. I mean, I think people may people may actually ask what's different about you or want to know the gospel because of the life that they see you live, but it's not going to tell them the good news of Jesus. It's not going to share the hope of salvation. It's not going to help them know how to be saved. That Well, that comes by, as Paul tells us in Romans 10, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we, we can't fall into this you know, myth that if I'm a good person, everybody around me is going to actually be saved or know how to be saved. They may want to have what we have, but they're not going to know how to have it. Uh, and so, yeah. And even if, even if you do live such an exemplary life where they ask you about the hope you have in you, you still got to tell them, you know, you still <laughs> you got to share the gospel with them at that point. So we need yeah. to be ready. We got to be ready. So, Barney, you were sharing how God used personal witnessing in your life to bring you to faith as just part of your journey. How have you seen God at work uh, through you as you've been a personal, uh, a person who's personally witnessed for Christ as a believer in your life? Uh, when I truly met the Lord, and what, what I count, you know, kind of my conversion was when I was 20 years old. And um, when I really surrendered to Jesus, I, I, I really experienced what what we see in the New Testament of people not being able to to contain it within themselves. And the Lord put it on my heart at that age to kind of go through a list of my friends and, and share the gospel to each of them. And one of my closest friends at the time, Dominic, we we did all kinds of bad things together. Uh, but once I got saved, I, I just had this burden to share the gospel with him and my other friends and uh, I would I would meet with him uh, every, every night for what felt like two weeks, and I would talk to him about the gospel um, over a cup of coffee at like a Denny's, and it was really hard for him to accept that he's a sinner. But praise God, he was the first friend that I was able to you know be a part of leading to faith in Jesus Christ, and you know I, I'm I'm just so thankful to God that I get to share that, you know, he's been walking faithfully with the Lord ever since. We've been going to church together for the past 10 years, and he's getting ready to become a deacon at our church. And uh, not only that, about six years ago, I got to actually witness at church Dominic sharing the gospel to one of the visitors that came to our church and actually lead her to faith. So it's just amazing to see, and it's, it's a privilege to be able to see 
you know, that legacy that we see in the New Testament about people sharing Jesus, who then share Jesus and lead other people to Christ happening today. But in a real sense, it should be normal, you know, and uh, yeah, that, that that's just how I've been able to see God use me just one example um, and use people that become Christian through the witness of the gospel also go and, and spread the good news with others. I love it. Well, now, Barnaby, now you lead a team of fearless students in the San Francisco Bay Area. I, I tell people, I think Decision Point has some of the boldest students in all of America in our program. And I think that's true. And I think they're, they're all across the country. But every time I visit with you and your students there in the Bay, I think, man, these guys are just fearless for the Lord. And they're, they're regular students. I know they probably have fears just as the rest of us do. Uh, but I'm just so encouraged by their boldness and how they're getting after it. How have you seen students in the San Francisco Bay Area catch the vis- vision for personal witnessing? And can you tell us some stories of how these students are seeing God at work as they witness for Christ today? Yeah, I mean, th- I could I could uh, spend the whole podcast talking about stories of Bay Area students. But just to share a handful in regards to witnessing, um, there's a student named Isaiah who I got to um just simply give a witnessing training of how to articulate the gospel uh, within three minutes. And at CU at the poll last year, um, we were praying together in front of his high school. He saw one of his friends walk up. I asked her if she was a Christian. She said, no, but I want to be. And it turns out that Isaiah had been praying for her already. And Isaiah jumped in and within three minutes, shared the gospel with her, let her to a confession of faith in Jesus. He even opened up his Bible uh, backpack full of Bibles and gave her her first Bible. And uh, and it was just awesome to see Isaiah just put into practice the, the simple act of sharing the message of the cross and the resurrection and coming to faith. I also think of Sean. Uh, Sean goes to a Catholic school here in the Bay Area, but most of, most of his students at his school uh, don't believe in Jesus. In fact, he said he doesn't have a single evangelical wow. Protestant friend that he knows of uh, in his entire school, but he's taken it upon himself to witness to his friends, not only once, but have ongoing conversations after school with Bibles open, articulating to them the message of salvation uh, by faith alone, through the grace of Christ alone. And a more recent example is a student named Caleb, who we went to Colorado together this summer for a student leader conference. Uh, Caleb has a has a stutter and he was really scared about witnessing uh, and stuttering and doing a bad job of articulating the gospel. But when we went out into downtown Denver and, and came back from the witnessing trip, Caleb was able to share with our group that he was praying that the Lord would help him articulate the gospel. And through hours of witnessing that day, he didn't stutter a single time. So God's doing amazing things. Uh, and, and, you know, he, he always has a way of honoring people in their faithfulness when they just step out and trust in him. And um, at SLC, we got to we got to recognize uh, some key students. Uh, one from the Bay Area was a student named Nathan Castle. And Nathan, uh, throughout this past school year, and I'm, I haven't seen uh, any other student just be so fired up about witnessing and not only take the gospel to his school and to his friends, but even go witnessing on a monthly basis at, at a nearby park or, or at the shopping mall. And, you know, he just, you just can't stop this guy from talking about Jesus. And we actually have a clip of him sharing his testimony at Student Leader Conference this past summer. So let, let's watch that together. 
like I like socializing, but like talking to people about God is like, like, like it's deep, it's serious. But it's also at the same time like this is like the most special and important thing we could do. Like, I heard this one thing like five seconds of awkwardness is worth like an eternity in heaven for like a soul or for somebody. Um, but basically, I was playing basketball at my high school um, during quarantine. And this guy came. This guy comes up to me. His name is Zion. Um, I don't really know him that much at the time, but he comes up to me like randomly. Like I barely talked to him, and he's like, "Yo, you know that Jesus is coming back?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." At that point, I wasn't really a Christian. I was like, "Oh, yeah, sure, okay." And he tells me like about the whole gospel and about the Bible and all that, and he just he blows my mind. He blows me away. And I'm not sure if it was that day or that week or that month, but. Around that time, that's when I got saved. It was around two years ago. And at that point, God has just continued to pour in me. And this fire for people, too, has just, like, increased. And it's awesome. And I'm sold out for Jesus. And I hope and I pray that all of y'all are just so hungry to tell these souls about, like, just the good news. Because it's the most beautiful thing ever. Barnaby, thanks so much for sharing that clip. I, I was so touched by Nathan's story. It was just a privilege to get to give him uh, one of our witnessing awards at our student leader conference this year. What a great example. Uh, thanks for that. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to hear more from Barnaby about uh, some, some more exciting ways that students are sharing Jesus with other students around the country and even around the world this year. We'll be right back. Are you wanting to make an impact for Jesus? Grow in your faith? I encourage you, join students around the nation that are taking the Decision Point's five gospel challenges. What are the five gospel challenges? Pray five, go witness, give God's word, teach God's word, and lead an outreach week. Today, I wanna to invite you to take the five gospel challenges and maybe just start with pray five. What is pray five? This challenge is simple. Pray faithfully for five unbelievers every day for five weeks. What are you going to pray for? Pray specifically that God would open their hearts to come to know Christ. And pray for boldness that when God opens a door, you will courageously share the hope that you have in Christ. In Colossians chapter 4, Paul asks the Colossians to pray for an open door that he might speak the gospel clearly. So we too need to pray for an open door with our peers that we may have boldness to speak the gospel. Want to hear about a student that took the Pray 5 challenge? Ellie from Chicago decided to pray faithfully for her friend to come to know Jesus. And that's exactly what happened. Her friend was struggling in school, struggling with her parents' recent divorce. And she was wondering, what's the point of it all? But it was through Ellie's diligence to pray and initiate gospel conversation that she saw her friend actually receive Jesus as her Lord and Savior. Other students across the nation are taking the Pray 5 challenge, like Allie from San Diego, who didn't just pray for a friend. In his words, he prayed for an enemy or someone he didn't get along with, but he saw God miraculously move in that person's life. So I wanna encourage you, take the Pray 5 challenge today. You can go to decisionpoint.org slash gospel challenges to learn more. God does amazing work in our hearts when we pray. And we know when you're faithful to give it to the Lord and ask boldly, we can leave the results up to God. So go to decisionpoint.org slash gospel challenges to take Pray 5 today. 
Barnaby, thanks for being here. Uh, we want to talk about Decision Point's gospel challenges that uh, in this segment. We're going to focus in on a couple of them. But just to set the stage, you know, we're, we're, we're daring students to take these challenges. And to me, it's just so fun to see the way students are responding. I was talking with a group of students the other day, and I mean, these guys were bright. I mean, they were the, the lacrosse players, the soccer players, the football players. Uh, one of them has a full ride scholarship to a pretty prestigious college that already trying to recruit them. And I asked him, like, you know, how many of you guys like to be challenged in your sport and, and get challenged in your sport? Of course, all the hands go up. They get challenged and they love it. And how about in your academics? Well, they're all bright students. So yeah, like it. I am being challenged. And it's like, well, how come we're not challenging each other to be bold in our witness for Jesus? And shouldn't we be? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And so I shared to them Decision Point's five gospel challenges. We told them about the uh, the Pray Five uh, Challenge, the Go Witness Challenge, the Teach God's Word, the Give God's Word, and the Lead and Outreach Week Challenge. And it was so fun to just see their cont- just excitement to do something hard, uh, but also do something doable to share Christ with their friends. I'd love what we want to do just in this last few moments together, zoom in on two of these challenges. And I'd love it if you'd ex- uh, help us with that, Barnaby. Tell us about the Pray Five Challenge and why you think every student in America and every student around the world should take Decision Point's Pray 5 Challenge. Yeah, the Pray 5 Challenge is is really simple. Um, the, the, the whole challenge is almost in the name of the challenge itself, but it's to pray faithfully for five people in your life who don't know Jesus uh, for five weeks. And you're specifically praying for two things during those five weeks. Uh, one, you're praying that God would open their heart and actually save them. And then secondly, you're praying that God would give you the courage and opportunity to communicate the gospel to that person and lead them to faith in Jesus Christ. The reason I think that this this challenge uh, should be a no-brainer for Christians, not only students, but for Christians everywhere, is because everything that we want to see happen for the kingdom of God is done by God's power. It's not done by us. It's not done by uh, our wisdom or our eloquence of speech. It comes to relying on God to save people's souls, and and prayer is the way that we posture ourselves appropriately for that. Um, when we share about these, uh, when I shared about those students uh, like Nathan, Sean, and Isaiah, one thing they have in common is they were all praying for their schools and praying for people uh, in on a regular basis, as well as right before they would go out and actually share the gospel with others. And when we pray, we, we get to see God prove himself and, and, and answer our prayers. And when I say God prove himself, I mean, we get to see God actually work the miracle that we know that he wants to do, the power to save those who put their trust in him. And, and that can only be done by God. So it's such an opportunity to pray for five people and wait in anticipation for the opportunity to speak and also to see God actually move in people's hearts and change them in ways that only he can. I love it. And anybody can take it. It's not just students that when I was talking with these students the other day, several of their, their moms were in the room and I bumped into one of them at church just a couple days after. And she's like, I've got my pray five list going and encouraged to see that as well. Uh, well, the second one we want to talk about for a few minutes here is the lead and outreach week challenge. Barbie, I'd love it. If you could just share for anybody at, you know, doesn't know what is the Lead and Outreach Week challenge, and then how are you seeing God uh, at work all across the Bay as students lead Outreach Weeks in their public schools? The Lead and Outreach Week challenge is uh, 
is basically students choosing a week during the school semester, uh, during lunchtime or after school to lead events that give the entire school body the opportunity to hear the gospel. You can promote, plan an event, invite guest speakers, have food, and use the gym or the theater or the quad and have students come hear a testimony or hear the gospel uh, straight up and then give an opportunity to them for, to follow Jesus as Savior and Lord. And what's awesome is that, you know, witnessing and pray five, um, there, there's value to that individual kind of relationship. But we see Jesus not only, you know, minister to his, to his, the 12 that are close to him, but also he, he preached to the masses and the crowds. And, and that's what leading an outreach is about, is about giving the opportunity to uh, and casting a wide net on the whole school in addition to the individual one-on-one -on -one evangelism. I tell you, I think it's probably one of the most um, book of Acts type of things I've ever seen right there in the public square, right in the marketplace of ideas, publicly proclaiming the name of Jesus with everybody else around with their opinions, sometimes getting a little bit feisty, but also seeing the Holy Spirit work to bring people to faith in Christ. You saw, have just seen God do some powerful things this past school year in the Bay. Can you tell us about that? And then maybe can you tell us a couple stories? Yeah, uh, we, we, we have students at over 40 schools uh, in the Bay Area currently just ready to reach their campuses with the gospel. And this last school year, over 5,000 students got to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ on school campus Amazing. during school hours. And 562 students or more made decisions to follow Jesus as their Savior and Lord. And in just San Francisco. two schools, if I could just share about that, that really stand out to me. One was uh, Milpitas High School. They had a, they had a five-day outreach week in April. Um, they faced all kinds of challenges of getting their outreach weeks, you know, denied and then delayed and then issues with guest speakers. But ultimately, on the last day of their outreach week, they had over 100 people show up to the theater. And uh, the pastor, Matt Jackson from Redemption Church, I just met him and he walks into the theater holding a two by four. And I'm like, what is this guy going to do with this <laughs> two by four? And he shares the gospel, but it's so cool. He shared a story of how he actually got to lead one of his friends who was a drug dealer to faith in Jesus Christ. And then what he did with the two by four is he put it on the ground. And then he told the students, if you want to make the decision today to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior, repent of your sins, receive forgiveness and the Holy Spirit, I want you to line up behind this two by four and one by one, I want to challenge you to step over it as a sign or as a symbol of you crossing over from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and forgiveness in Jesus. And 31 students out of 100 students lined up and walked over that two by four. And it was just such a powerful moment uh, for him to bring, you know, a, a, just a piece of wood, right, and, and, and use it to call students to a decision point to start following Jesus and to live as a new creation in him uh, was su su super cool. And I was just praising God for that day. I tell you, I love that because you know, right in front of all their peers, eyes wide open, the peer pressure against that is off the charts. I mean, we've heard stories of students at a, an outreach where, the, you know, the preacher gives them an invitation, asks them to raise their hand as they pray to accept Christ, which is great. I remember hearing a story of a student who put her hand up saying she had received Christ and her friend like grabs her arm and puts it down. I mean, there's real pressure 
coming against these students. So to see students do something so bold and dramatic in front of all their peers, you know God really is doing something. But I, I think you're going to tell us a second story, weren't you? Yeah, the second story is about John Sweat High School. It's in a it's in a town called Crockett. It's not a big town here in the Bay Area, but there's one high school there, and uh, Dorcas, the 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 president of that school, was able to lead an outreach and reach half of her student body in one day. And um, if that was all that was to the story, you might just think Dorcas is just this superhero student leader. And in some senses she is, but she's really just a normal student who has the same fears and insecurities as any other Christian student out there who's who's thinking about the task of reaching their public school uh, with the gospel, with uh, you know the LGBT flag hanging at their flagpole every day um, but what's so cool is seeing not only these outreaches happen, but how how God is challenging and shaping the hearts of students like Dorcas and students like Nathan and all these students that I'm sharing about today and how they grow in their faith as they put themselves out there, just say yes to the Lord and make themselves available to him. So I actually wanted to share another clip with you. And this is Dorcas sharing at Student Leader Conference about the struggle that was going on in her heart when she was debating, should I even do this Christian club thing at all? And how God convicted her and led her to make a decision that ultimately led to half of her school being able to hear the gospel in one day. So let's watch this clip together. I was telling him all these things like, I don't think I could do it. I'm so scared. And I was born in Nigeria and I had like, sometimes I have an accent when some people can sometimes understand what I'm saying. And so I'm like, people make fun of me and like people will think I'm weird because I'm like talking about God. And like, I have all these things in my mind jumbling. And I was like, I don't think I could do it. And in the car ride, he told me, all I'm hearing is me, me, me. And guys, he, if he was here, he'd be laughing at me right now. But he was like, all I'm hearing is me, 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 and you're being selfish at that moment. And he was like, you need to be selfless. And I was like, oh, I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. And I was like, you need to trust God in the process of it all, that he can use anyone. He used Moses, and Moses was like, no, God. And he used Moses, he could use you, he can use anyone. And I have to be selfless and stop thinking about me and think about him and his kingdom and his glory because it's he's worth it of it all. And so, so good. <laughs> and so I was like, Okay, I actually have to continue to pray about it, and I did, and he opened my heart to want to start a Christian club and to want to grow in my faith. And so junior year is when I started and created a Christian club at my school. So good. Oh my goodness, Barnaby, that is so amazing. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Uh, what a joy to see Dorcas on the stage at our conference this summer, sharing that story and encouraging students from around the country and even in Canada with how God had used hers. Um, Barnaby, I know what a team God's given you there in the Bay. It's not just you. We've got other uh, staff. We ha You have amazing pastors all over San Francisco that are part of the Decision Point team together, banding together across denominations, but also with shared commitment to the word and to the gospel, uh, supporters, um, students. Barnaby, we'd just love to give you the the, the floor as we're closing out today's show. Any final words of encouragement that you'd like to share with students who are listening today? 
Yeah, I, I just want to say, you know, Second Timothy one seven is such an important verse. I think for for myself and just Christians in general uh, in this day and age, and it's for God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power, love, and self control. And I think that, um, yeah, our culture in many ways today we're we're being conditioned, and there's a there's a subtle and explicit pressure to to just fear so many things. Um, but I think we need to ask ourselves as Christians, and I want to encourage students, ask yourself, when you're facing fear and anxiety, is this a healthy fear of the Lord? Because if it's not a healthy fear of the Lord, then that's not from God. You know, God didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power, love, and self-control. And the only thing we're ever told to fear in the entire Bible is to fear God, not man, not the future, not our past. We just fear God and trust in him, and he will guide us and lead us for his purposes of glory. So just want to encourage you in that. Amen. Barnaby, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for sharing stories of God's faithfulness through students, through pastors, through supporters, through parents, through teachers, all banding together to see God do what only he can do. Listen, if you want to learn about these challenges and how you can take them in your life, go to decisionpoint.org slash gospel challenges decisionpoint.org slash gospel challenges uh, and join us next week we're going to be joined by pastor ryan hall who came to christ uh, after high school ryan made it all the way through high school unsaved without ever having anybody share with him the hope of jesus christ and today ryan has a contagious passion to make sure that we don't let students slip through the cracks in our schools, but reach them while we still can. So you're not going to want to miss that. Hey, and in the meantime, make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss a show. And while you're there, would you rate uh, and even leave us a review? So that really helps more people hear about the show so they can be encouraged as well. Um, In the meantime, let's keep witnessing for Christ. Hey, who can we share the gospel with this week? And uh, let's lean on the Lord for that uh, spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind like Barnaby shared with us. We'll see you next time.